Good morning, Gateway Church. We're a growing family after God's heart. I want to wish moms a happy Mother's Day today. We want you to know that we love and value and appreciate you, not just for all the stuff you do, but more importantly, for who you are, for who you are. By the way, we can't afford you. I think you already know this. <laughs> we can't afford you. A recent report proves this point. In fact, there's an article in Forbes magazine that asks this question. Think you can put a price on motherhood? That's the question. Think you can put a price on motherhood? A yearly survey by salary.com called the Annual Mom Salary Survey attempts to put a salary on the, the work of American mothers. Here's what it said. First, they broke down motherly duties into the following 10, 10 categories. 10. There's probably more. We know that, but let's just say these 10. Daycare center, teacher. Well, you know, that one's not that great. CEO. Now, that's, that's a good one, isn't it? Psychologist. Cook. Housekeeper. Laundry machine operator. Computer operator. Facilities manager, janitor, van driver, 10. Those are the 10, okay? Then they studied how many hours moms work in those categories and what the family would have to pay for the outsourcing of, that, of those duties. Here it is. According, this is not that old, it's 2012, okay? They determined the following. The average stay-at-home mom should make an annual salary of... Moms, you're just going to go crazy with this. Like, oh, great. I couldn't believe it. $112,962. Moms, we can't afford you. That's based on a 40-hour per week base pay plus... 54.7 hours a week of overtime. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Kirsten's going, ah, where's Tom at? I just want 10000 right now. No. The average working mom should make an annual salary just for her mom role, $66,969, based on 40 hours of mothering duties and 17.9 overtime hours per week. The article concludes, the breadth of mom's responsibilities is beyond what most workers could ever experience day to day. Imagine if you had to attract and retain a candidate to fill this role. Bottom line, mom, we can't afford you, but we can't live without you. So will, will you work another year for free? <laughs> I should pray about it. And then all the fathers, they're going to have you know, tables out back. You can sign up for another year with a person who notarizes the signature. In all seriousness, we as fathers and children, we know that we can't afford you. We can't place a value on you. You are, as they say in the commercial, indeed, what? Priceless. Priceless. 
So here's what I want you to do as we begin this message today. I want you to write this statement down. It's a great statement. I should say, I think it's a statement that will make a difference in your lives. It's this one here. We're going to look at some scriptures that that back this statement up. Stop listening to the lies that beat you down and start believing the truth that builds you up. I want you to write that down somewhere. I want you to put it in your purse. Write it down on the back of a bulletin. Put it in your purse. I want you to read this every day, at least three times a day. Then I want you to commit it to memory. Stop listening to the lies that what? That beats you down and start believing the truth that builds you up. Apostle Paul writes the truth about a grandma and a mom. And he says some incredible things about them. And I'm sure they would, they would turn to each other and say, who's he talking about? Surely not us. But what he said was the truth. And at the end of the day, listen, truth always builds up. It always builds up. And the lies always tear down. So who are you going to believe? I want you to be inspired, moms, by these two women. They had the kind of faith that made a difference in the lives of their loved ones. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to this scripture. I'll come back to this statement. I want to read this scripture. 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 3. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son. Paul was a mentor. He was a a spiritual father to Timothy. Grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, I thank God in whom I serve. And my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remembered you in your In my prayers, Paul is saying, verse 4, recalling your tears. Timothy was was the kind of follower, kind of leader. He was a pastor. Going to look at some of how he started and, and some of the positions in life, the ministry. But as you read and kind of piece together his life and ministry, you'll discover something about Timothy. He wasn't like the Apostle Paul in in a lot of ways. He didn't have the kind of personality that the Apostle Paul had. He didn't have a driving kind of personality. And he constantly needed someone to come alongside him and build him up. Paul was saying to Timothy, his son in the faith, I remember when you're crying. I recall the tears that you shed. And it doesn't say exactly why he he was overwhelmed with emotion and why he was breaking down and why he was weeping. But his dad in the Lord recalled that Timothy often wept. 
And he said these words, I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you that so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of someone. Reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. It's kind of, a, for Mother's Day, this is a great scripture. Paul is nearing the end of his ministry, and he ministers to Timothy. And he doesn't say, Timothy, remember how great a mentor I was in your life. He exhorted him to do a number of things. He said, the Lord has not given you a spirit of timidity, but of power, of, of a sound mind, of love. He said, I want to remind you of someone. You have the same kind of faith, a sincerity of faith that was handed down to you from your grandmother and your mom. That authentic and sincere faith is in you. I know it is. You couldn't have not been impacted by your grandma's faith, your mom's faith. Lois and Eunice, they had the kind of faith that was consistent. Three things. They had a consistent faith, a contagious faith, confident faith. It's all right there in the scripture that I just read. A consistent faith, which lived in both of them. Let's go back and, and read that scripture. I'm reminded, verse 5, of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. It lived in them. It was a consistent faith. The word lived or dwelt means that their faith had staying power and permanence. They had the real deal, not some passing fancy. They stayed the course, these mothers, these women. Jesus wasn't just an additive that was somehow added to their life. When they got saved, Jesus became the center of their lives in everything. When my mom got saved, she's not here today. She's up in Duluth. She's walking on water right now. Why do I say that? She's at my brother's church, Alliance Community Church in Duluth. And he's building her up, and afterwards she's going to walk on, on Lake Superior. Is it Lake Superior? They're going to take her right down to the shore, and boy, there she goes. <laughs> Tell you, my mom, she had that kind of faith that Eunice and Lois had. When she got saved, she got saved. I mean, she was utterly changed. When she went forward and gave her life to Christ, repented of her sin, she came home changed. She was saved from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. She was so changed. And my dad seen it. 
It didn't say hallelujah, praise the Lord. Reva, you were once dead in your sin. You were a, you were a terrible person before. Look at what's happened to you. He was not singing, shouting hallelujah. He didn't like it. But one year added to another year for my mom. And then a decade added to a decade. And at 90, she's still going strong for the Lord. She struggled in life. But I never once saw her faith waver. I knew she had the real thing. It's like, this woman could not put this on for this long. <laughs> she is not that good an actor. She had it. Folks, she had the real thing, the sincere faith. Makes a difference. It was handed down from her mom. Eunice, Lois, and Paul saying to Timothy, I recall your tears and I want to appeal to the faith that I know you have because it was handed down by your grandmother and your mom. Many commentators believe that Timothy da Timothy's dad was not a Christian. Look at Acts 16. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and what? Can you read that for me? And a believer. She was a believer, but whose father was a Greek. There's no mention that Timothy's father was a Christian, was a believer. Most commentators believe that he was not a believer. If he was a believer, he would have said the same thing that he said about his mom. He was a Greek, but he was a believer. Didn't say that. Timothy probably didn't have a father who was a Christian. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of Timothy. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek, Gentile. It's not easy to raise a family when you and your spouse have different value systems. It's not easy. When you're not on the same page spiritually, It's really hard. My mom would come home from church. Could she share with her husband what God was speaking to her and telling her? Not really. I think she probably tried on the front end, tried to get him saved. She couldn't share the value system, the love that she had for Jesus had changed her life. She almost had to kind of just 
Love him. What does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 7? You might have a spouse today that doesn't have the same value system that you have. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 12. To the rest I say this, I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. Timothy's dad may have left. We don't know. May have stayed. The brother or the sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? My dad, for the majority of his life, was not a believer. But he gave his life to Christ at the end of his life, the very end. And I know that it was the result of my mom who just continually lived the best that she could for Christ. Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? It wasn't easy for my mom. I love my dad. You would have liked my dad. If you like me, <laughs> you would have liked my dad. If you don't like me, you probably, you'd have probably thought, I don't like him. Do you know my brother? My brother is kind of odd. <laughs> and he's, a, he's just, you know, he's over the top. My dad at times would would be like that. He, he, he was a funny guy. You'd have liked him. He's with the Lord. But he didn't jump up and down when my mom got saved. In fact, he used to, I love my dad, but you need to hear this. Because some of you are struggling right now. He used to make fun of her, taunt her when she went to church. I remember that. He would say things like, Christians are hypocrites. You're all a bunch of hypocrites. All they want is your money. I remember hearing them saying that over and over. Do you think that you're better than me? I wanted to say, hey, Dad, you need some new material. Everyone says that. <laughs> they still say that, don't they? But you know what? 
she just kept serving Jesus. She had the, the kind of faith, consistent faith, a contagious faith. It was passed down from her to me, to my sister, to our family. It was a confident faith. Paul said, I'm persuaded that that faith that lived in them now lives in you, Timothy. I'm persuaded. I believe that. Timothy pastored the church in Ephesus. He went with Paul on missionary journey, and Paul ministered in Ephesus, and he decided that this church needs Timothy. Timothy was, didn't feel adequate for, for the job, but, but Paul placed him in that position. And he writes 1 Timothy, and he writes 2 Timothy, and he says, here's what you need to do. Preach the word in season, out of season, etc., etc." But in chapter 1, Timothy was struggling. He needed some encouragement. Here's what he said. I love this verse. I just kind of connected the dots this past week. It's 1 Timothy 1.18. He said, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you. Think about that for a moment. just want you to think about that. So that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. What was Paul saying? He was saying, do you remember those prophecies? I believe the Lord continues to move in the prophetic. I believe he does give words. As we pray for one another, it may come a phrase, something that, that the Lord puts in my heart and in my mind for you and vice versa. But when Timothy was maybe a young man, it doesn't say exactly how old he was, but Paul said there were many prophecies that were once given about you. And I believe that grandma and mom made many of those prophecies, right? Lord's given you, mom. Has he not? As you look at your sons and your daughters, as you think about them, as you pray for them, the Lord will give you a word for them. What do you do? You speak that word over them. You pray for them. You build them up, regardless of what happens in their life. If they stray, you continue to speak that word over them. You pray for them. You ask the Lord to bring them back, that faith that is contagious and confident. And Paul was saying, your mom and your grandma spoke these prophecies over you. I want you to remember what they said and be encouraged. So moms, you have to stop listening. You're having an impact. You're saying, I don't know what difference I'm making in life. It's a lie. Stop listening to the lies that beat you down. 
Start believing the truth that builds you up. I'm going to ask the worship team. I'm just going to close this sermon, this message with, with a song of time of ministry. And ask that you just find a quiet place in your own heart right now. You just need to bow your head. What lies have you listened to, moms, this past week? If you feel beaten down, identify why. Can you identify it? Because if you don't identify it, you're going to keep on believing it. You're going to be driven further and further. I want you to identify one lie that you've believed in your heart in the last week or month that has a hold in your thinking. And it's what you think about Many times through the week, not a good mom. Not a pretty mom. What are the lies? I wish I were this way or that way. I could never be like Lois or Eunice. That's a lie truth is your impact is being felt do you have a lie that you want to just get rid of today and then I want you to start believing the truth that builds you up I want you to take that lie Then I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now, Holy Spirit, what truth in your word will dissolve that lie, will crucify that lie, and will break the power of that lie in my life? The Lord might just start something today. And during the week, he might reveal to you the truth. You might be reading your Bible and The Holy Spirit will say, that's it, that's the truth. Remember that lie that you were thinking? Here's the truth that will replace that lie. So Lord, by your Spirit, do your work, Lord. I I ask you, Jesus, please. There's so many wonderful, beautiful moms and ladies Who am I, Lord? I have no idea what they're going through, God. All I'm doing is just opening up your word. The Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to do something that I can't do. 
would you just minister deeply to the hearts of these women today? Every single one, please, please. I ask you, Jesus, please, by your spirit, do a work. Open up your hearts, ladies. Open up your hearts to the Lord now. To the spirit of God, minister. Oh, Holy Spirit, minister. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm.